The diehard Eagles podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by win bet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk free bet. That's right. $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you'll get a free t-shirt head over to sports gambling podcast.com slash W Y N N for a $500 risk free bet. That's sports gambling podcast.com slash win. We're also brought to you by better than Vegas. Better than Vegas is the home for avid sports betters, providing insights, analysis, and free picks. Better than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page so you don't miss a pick. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R edge.com promo code S G P. Finally, we're brought to you by ACE per head. ACE is the leader in paper providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus ACE is offering up six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash S G P that's aceperhead.com slash S G P. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin, a uh, disaster of a game ending a disaster of a season for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles lose 20 to 14 to the Washington football team. And just kind of the uh, cherry on top of the shit Sunday that has been the season. They, they <laughs> lose, they embarrass us. They bring in Sudfeld. Which again, I kind of understand to a certain degree. I would have played Hertz out the whole game because I I would have liked to just see what he has and, and see what's going on. I understand he wanted to put in Sudfeld for uh you know he threw twelve passes. The 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 internet, the media, Kramer, everyone lost their mind saying they were in, the the fix was in. They were intentionally trying to lose. Now I, I I don't think winning was the ultimate priority. He did play a lot of the starters, guys that were a little banged up. You don't play, and I don't think it's insane in a meaningless game to let Nate Sudfeld throw twelve passes. Jason Kelsey did have a bad snap there, but it, it was just an ugly, embarrassing game. Didn't look like either team wanted to win. I guess fortunately Washington won and we locked up the sixth pick. Rob, take us through your thoughts on that game to end and basically end the bleeding and the suffering, the misery that has been this season. I have never been so happy for the team to lose. <laughs> um, you guys may remember last week I said we absolutely had to lose that game. Uh look, there was no incentive for us to weak and I win, and I'm not for tanking, but uh, I, I just think it was handled poorly. Uh, the actual game itself didn't matter. I wanted to see some uh, from Hertz too, but first of all, it was known before the game that Sudfeld was going to possibly play. So yeah, this was uh, Doug, not out of the blue. Doug announced that Sudfeld was going to get some reps. They deactivated Carson. Uh, what more do you need to see that they're going to play they, another quarterback? They also deactivated a lot of starters. Yeah. So there was no shock going into this game. First of all, Shame on uh, the NFL, NBC yes. for even making Why that a Sunday night <laughs> matchup. That was the whole ridiculous thing. If it had been a one o'clock game, 
No one would have oh. cared. So with that saying, I would have, if I was Doug just treated, I would have said going into the week, I'm going to treat this almost like a preseason game. I want to see some out of some guys, but we're going to sit a lot of guys. We don't want to risk injury going into the off season. And I would have left it at that. Um, the whole thing that it was a close game. First of all, is ridiculous. The Redskins, you know, they should have beat us handily. They didn't. Um, but I have no problem with what transpired. It was known before the game, all the giants fans that are crying. Hey, you know, <laughs> guess what? Maybe you should win more than six games <laughs> to win your division and not let it to us. So I, I have no regrets. I'm happy. It happened. There is a big, big difference between the number six pick and the number nine pick. And if you look historically at some picks that have gone at number six and nine, I mean, I, I feel a lot better about Howie's chances not to mess up the number six pick versus his chances to mess up the number nine pick. And he may still find a way at number six, but I'm I'm very happy we have that pick. Yeah, Rob, don't don't uh, undersell Howie's ability to blow a first round pick. And the the difference between six and nine, according to those draft value charts, is ex- essentially like the sixty eighth pick overall, which is. Uh, a free third round pick, kind of crazy if you think of it in that uh, perspective. Justin, give us the closing thoughts on that game and uh, on the season as a whole as they as they wrap things up. Did you ever feel embarrassed as an Eagles fan watching that game because they put Sudfeld in, or just embarrassed at, for the season as a whole? Uh, I'm embarrassed for you know some of the commentators and the media members out there and their complete overreaction to yeah. this. Actually, it was just ridiculous. Um, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I mean, the information was out there. Most importantly, our players knew about it ahead of time. They understood Sudfeld might uh, come in, um, and then you know it, it was out there for the for the media members as well. But everybody wants to you know overlook it and create clickbait stories in order to rile up some. York fan base that sucks anyway. So sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but they do. But you know, um, I, I, what I would, what I will say though is that I just don't understand the idea to go with Sudfeld. Uh, even if you had said that Sudfeld is going to come in, I think this was a perfect situation. if we do want to go with him uh, moving forward. Um, for him to possibly come back at the end in a game like this would have shown a lot, uh, would have showed me a lot, at, at least in this circumstance, or if he would have crumbled and not been able to come back as well, it would have been a nice situation to see what he could do. Unfortunately, that's another thing that I think Doug kind of blew in that situation, which has nothing to do in this case, um, with trying to tank in my opinion, Yeah. Uh, the other unfortunate. Th- oh, sorry. No, What's no, no. I, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I think it makes sense to you know, play some of the younger guys, rest people who are, you know, aren't uh, or are close to being injured or banged up or whatever. But I'm with you. Like, I, I would have liked to see Hertz in that situation, possibly coming from behind in prime time, and and I would have liked to see Hertz in that situation. So I think it had value from you know looking ahead next year to let Hertz play the rest of the game. And and while you know the information was out there that Sudfeld was going to be coming in and getting some snaps. I think the fact that we were kind of in that game and Doug continued to go though and and uh, go to Sudfeld at the end, I think he's starting to lose the locker room a little bit. I know some of those stories are overblown, but it's just another Doug situation where I'm just I'm losing more and more belief in him each time we play a game. I mean, first of all, we need to recognize 
Um, we didn't pull Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. <laughs> Uh, in favor of like uh, some third round scrub. I mean, it's not like Jalen Hurts lit the world on fire. He he he's played all right. Uh, he's had his ups and downs. So, uh, quite honestly, you know, Doug may not have even known, or you could have argued, hey, is it that much worse putting Sudfeld in? Now, obviously, he didn't play great, um, but I I don't think there's anything wrong from a practical perspective saying let's see what we have for Sudfeld because. Quite honestly, there may be a decision in the offseason. Are we bringing Sudfeld back yeah. as our backup? You know, let's see him out there a little bit. So to me, that's not ridiculous. I mean, I know you guys know. I, I, I thought we had no incentive to go out there and play our all. I get that players don't want to tank, but uh, you know, no one goes crazy when a team's winning the division and they sit their whole team. That could also have playoff implications, and it happens every year. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the in the Panthers game, for instance, they put in PJ Walker uh, because Teddy Bridgewater wasn't playing great, but also probably to see what they had in, in Teddy Bridgewater and whether or not that Saints game, uh, whether or not the Saints won, could have impacted the uh, the standings. Now, ultimately, Green Bay won, so it didn't. Uh, New Orleans got the number two seed, but it's it's a pretty comparable situation. And yeah, when Hertz got pulled for Sudfeld, he was seven for twenty for seventy four yards and an interception and missed. Uh, a, a wide open Quez Watkins on fourth down in the end zone. Now, some of it was he got pressure, whatever. But the idea that they were intentionally trying to lose, like it, it was hilarious. People, he's going for it on. Four. I think Doug, if that was a must-win situation, I still think Doug would have probably gone for it on fourth down in the red well, zone. Am I wrong there, Justin? Sean, the other thing to that though is if we converted, then everybody turns around and says, "Oh my goodness, they were really trying to win this game. How dumb are they? Yeah, they could have gotten the the sixth pick instead of the ninth. It's just like it's it, a lose lose situation there." And everyone's ignoring the fact that yeah, we swapped Hertz for Sudfeld, but we didn't pull the rest of the starters. It's yeah. not like we pulled the whole first unit out and said, "Oh my gosh, we have to lose this game." Everyone else stayed in. It was just a quarterback change. Yeah, Darius Slay was out there. Uh, Kelsey was out there. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the big name guys that were healthy were out there, and and certainly guys like Fletcher Cox or Miles Sanders. Yeah, if it was a must win situation for the division, they probably would have been out there. But yeah, why would you put guys high priced guys that are banged up and playing through injuries? Why would you force them out there? No one had a problem with that. It really was just the fact that this was prime time. Everyone was on their phones. Everyone was on Twitter, and the game was particularly ugly, as as we predicted, as we expected. And and they just got pissed off that they had to sit through this game. It's really on NBC and the NFL for making that, for flexing that game out to prime time. All right, we are going to move on and hit on the uh, biggest topic surrounding the Eagles moving forward, and that, of course, is Carson Wentz and the situation at quarterback. Joining us on the line, a longtime uh, friend, a longtime Eagles fan, and longtime Carson Wentz hater, Brandon. Brandon, you've been out on uh, Carson Wentz. I don't know. Were you were you out on him during the 2017 season? See, you've been out on him for a long time. Now this season, you've really, uh, you've really come to fruition. Your predictions that he wasn't worth the money, that he wasn't a franchise quarterback. So we we thought it was only fitting and uh, just to allow you to come on and to crow about the fact that you were somewhat right about Carson Wentz not being a great quarterback. You know, it's 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 rewarding to silence the haters and the and the people that you had to you know 
get through to, to speak the truth, but, um, you're right. And, uh, I was early on in, uh, you know, thinking about the issues that surrounded Carson Wentz's, you know, perpetual, you know, position as the starting quarterback of the Eagles. And I think it started with, uh, the injuries and it continued with the injuries. And then it became a, you know, an issue of performance. I thought really last year, despite the fact that the numbers were good. I think there were issues with what he, how he was performing in, in certain areas of the game. And then this year was a shit show. So yeah, I mean, listen, I, but I, but I, but I think the the future here, um, okay. I'll let you talk more, but I, but I have some <laughs> thoughts about where he, well, where he goes going forward and where we go as an organization. Yeah. We'll get to that in just a second. I do want to, and it does feel like this is a week to week thing. And for me, Yes, I, I've been a Carson Wentz defender. I, I've I've really been optimistic on him for a long time. You know, the benching I thought was certainly warranted, and we needed to see what we had in Hurts. And Wentz just wasn't playing a great. the The most frustrating thing to me so far in the Carson Wentz era has been these last few weeks. I've heard nothing from Carson Wentz about I'm going to do everything I can the offseason to get this job back. I've heard nothing about here's what I need to do. Here's I, I'm hiring this QB guru. I'm going to fix my mechanics. I'm going to spend every day that I have getting better at throwing the goddamn football and and doing what it takes to win this city a championship. All I'm hearing is, well, I hope it doesn't end in a messy divorce. If they don't make me the starter, I'm one out of Philadelphia. It's like, yeah, I want to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. You know what? I suck. So that's why I'm not the starter. You were really good. You had a, a ton of opportunity. They've given you a bunch of chances. They've, they've tried to draft the best guys they've can. And he's really coming off pretty entitled. And I never thought I would see that attitude out of Wentz. Robbie, where are you at with Wentz right now? Uh, Sean, I'm exactly with you. Where's the fight? I yeah. mean, the first sign of adversary adversity, he's cowering and, and he wants the trade. And look, I, I don't know what the future holds. I, I'm, I can't sit here and say that Hertz is the future. You know, I think that that picture still has to be painted. We haven't seen enough, but what I would have hoped for was a lot more fight out of Carson. I mean, he's acting like we benched him week two after one bad game he had every opportunity this year to prove himself. It took 12 weeks. Um, you know, a lot of people would have been benched a lot sooner. So he had every benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm with you. I want to hear what is he going to do in the off season? How is he going to improve himself? Um, you know, and, and I just want to see some fight, some leadership. I mean, I, I'm hearing it from Hertz. He's saying he's going to yeah. compete. He wants to be the starter. So where is it from Carson? It, it, it's been a massive disappointment. It makes me question his commitment to the city and to to football, and I just think he's played it so poorly. These stories that are leaking about the divorce, it it you know, yes, he made a commitment to this team, but this team made a major commitment in him by paying him whatever it was, one hundred thirty million dollars or something like that. And quite honestly, I think we deserve more too. So I I don't have all the answers. I don't know where this is going, but. We need to see some fight out of him to show that he wants this job. That's where it has to start if he's going to stay here. Yeah, he sounds like a millennial just coming off entitled. Like you said, I was the guy, and then now I'm not the guy. It's like, yeah, shit changes. When you suck for most of the season, then you're not the guy anymore. You want to be back to being the guy. Show us something. And he really hasn't shown me much. Justin, are you are you holding out hope or optimism that that Wentz can be the quarterback next year, or that we can see something out of him? 
I mean, I would like him to be, but I don't think Carson, the old Carson's coming back at all. And we've been over this a bunch of times this season and we kind of repeat the same things, but yeah, we haven't heard any stories about him being first in last out at all, which is what you would have hoped for um, in order for him to come back and possibly take over a starting role. The, one of the first stories we heard about Hertz was the fact that he was staying later with guys in order to get some chemistry with them once he started. So no, I mean, Carson's not the guy anymore. I've, my hope is pretty much diminished with him. Hertz, like you guys just pointed out, I don't know if he's the answer, but at least I get a little bit of hope with him. At least I'm reading the right things and hearing the right things about him. I don't know if he can be that talented, but I'd at least give him a shot rather than Carson because it doesn't seem like Carson's doing anything to clean any of the mechanical problems, any of the leadership issues, and um, also any of the chemistry issues with the other uh, wide receivers. Yeah, Sean, Sean let, let me just, this is Brandon again. Let me just give you one, one analogy is I think of Carson, like if you're, you know, we're all East coast guys, you know, we all grew up in Pennsylvania. I've spent a lot of my adult life in New York, but when you're in the Midwest, and you come to a four-way stop and you're in a car with a guy and the, everybody keeps waving each other on, but nobody <laughs> goes because everybody's so damn yeah. nice. And then mm. the other guy goes and the guy in the car you're with who's from the Midwest <laughs> is like, fuck him. Like, that's what happened here with Carson. You know, it's like, you're nice to this point where you just, and then all of a sudden it's like, you're this passive aggressive demon. And I feel like that's come out in the last couple of weeks. And I don't know, maybe you have a take on whether this stuff is coming from him or his agent or the Eagle. I mean, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories, but like, you know, do you think he's serious with the trade rhetoric or is that just rhetoric coming from people who want to get paid from, you know, whatever? Yeah. Whatever I mean, I, I do think, it, you know, the stuff about him wanting to reunite with uh, Frank Reich in, in Indianapolis is real. Unfortunately, this isn't just like the NBA. You can't just decide, Hey, I want to be traded somewhere and it works out completely clean. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up in Indianapolis, uh, you know, before the, before things are uh, kicked off for the next season. Cause I think if the Eagles are smart, that's what they, they unload him to Indianapolis. They, they maybe get some uh, picks for him. They, they bite the bullet with the salary cap. Now I, there certainly is stuff you can do to minimize the damage, but why not just give a shot at Hertz and you have a high draft pick uh, and, and just kind of start the rebuilding process because I just don't imagine a world they've already committed to Doug Peterson coming back where you have Doug, you have these two quarterbacks and it's going to somehow all work out. Justin, do we just have to rip the bandaid off and, and trade Wentz? I would like to trade Wentz. I'd like to get him out of there. I don't think he can be productive in Philadelphia. First of all, second of all, I think if he's hanging around, you just get more of these stories day in day out. It's going to be a media circus um, all next season. If he's around and luckily he's a pretty quiet guy, but at the same point, I mean, the media is going to do what the media does and it's just going to become more of a distraction. And if you really are going to try and move on and go to Hertz, it's just going to be distracting for him as well. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we're already in a uh, horrible QB controversy and then we're not even in training camp. Rob final answer. Are you trading Wentz right now or no? You know, I think you probably have to. I, I just don't see it as a tenable situation next year if you bring bring Hertz and him back. And I think clearly the team has chosen Doug. I might have a different opinion if we had moved on for Doug because I think there would be more hope. But yeah, everything I've seen, Doug and Carson are not compatible. Their offenses aren't compatible. It just doesn't seem like they mesh. So 
if you've made the commitment to Doug, which it seems like the team has, I just don't know how you re- rehabilitate Carson. I'd, I'd love to see him return to two seventeen form. If there's a way to do it, I'd take it in a heartbeat. I, I just don't know if it's realistic. And the fact that he's not, uh, you know, demonstrating that he wants to get there is concerning. And look, I think the fact that I, I think silence is deafening and the fact that mm. all these reports are out there, he knows it. And if they were truly untrue, there would have been a statement by now quashing them. And we haven't seen that. He didn't talk to the media. So I think the only assumption you can make is there are truth to those rumors. I I don't know how you come to a different conclusion unless he says otherwise. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. I mean, he, yeah, he's got on social media. He has an opportunity to talk to the media. If he wants to refute any of these things, I mean, yeah. And kind of getting back to, we haven't heard from Carson where have we, we haven't heard him say, I don't want to be traded to Indianapolis. That's all bullshit. I want to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. We haven't heard that. And, and I don't know, that just speaks to kind of an underlying attitude that maybe was there. And certainly they maybe uh, went too soft on Wentz and babied him. And, you know, in 2017, they had a Filippo who was notoriously like a hard ass on him and maybe got the best out of him. And maybe part of it was Frank Reich's scheme. And you know, Doug just kind of finding a middle ground there to to steer the ship. Brandon, before we let you go, what are your thoughts on what the Eagles should do with Carson Wentz coming up before things uh, before the new season? Well, what I should do and what the, they will do are yeah. Two why don't you very, Why don't you give us both? So I think you know you guys are all talking about what they should do and what's going to happen next year with Carson. I think let's let's be honest, the front office here is inept. And so to, to think that they're going to craft some sort of uh, efficient trade, which is going to be valuable to us in the end with Carson's town or, you know, his contract is, I think, I think a fantasy, I think Carson's back next year. I think uh, Hertz is a backup. He's proven he can be a good backup. He hasn't proven any more than that right now, as much as excited as I am about the next chapter after Carson, I can't, I can't fully get there yet with, with his performance. Um, but I just think the front office is a dumpster fire. And um, <laughs> I think we're, we're all living in a fantasy world. If we think that they're going to do what is the best and most creative way to make use of his contract and talent in, in terms of dealing it to get something in return from Carson. So I, I hope he's gone. I think he's a nice guy. I'd love to hunt with him in North Dakota. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> passes for my team on Sundays, get some ducks. Um, I wish him well, but uh the reality of the situation I believe is the ineptitude in the front office and the management of this team is going to lead us to him starting again next year. I hope he can uh, put forth something. I don't think he has much left in the tank, but if he does, let's show it now. And um, you know, let's hope we get a, you know, better, better uh, kind of shepherd in here to figure out what the next step is going to be uh, going forward. And I'll leave it at that. How he sucks, (laughs) how he sucks. Perfect way to go out. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Thanks for calling in and uh, getting that perspective. And take and care, Brandon. Love you guys. See you, See you Brandon. Later, Go dude. Birds. Go birds. Um, you know, I, I think he kind of nailed it. I, I, I'm. I thought they were going to pull the plug on Carson and get the trade done. I, we'll see what happens. But now there's a report from Sal Pal saying that he thinks Press Taylor, the uh, the QB coach, maybe upgraded <laughs> your offensive coordinator, which oh. is. Which is the most horrific offseason news I've read so far. I mean, I, I was flabbergasted when I saw this. I mean, we all thought it was a foregone conclusion that he would not be back. 
even if they kept Carson. But now the fact that they're elevating him, it's almost like they're, you know, they're just laying it out for Carson once again, trying to butter him up to to get him to want to stay here. Rob, walk. I mean, walk me through your reaction to hearing this. I'm at a loss for words. Uh, Look, I I don't, they talk about press Taylor. Like he is this young prodigy and look, maybe he is. I don't know the guy. Yeah. I I don't know what he does behind the scenes. Clearly Doug's calling the plays, but what have we seen that warrants this? I mean, we know he's been QB coach, uh, you know, and basically in charge of Carson for the last two years, in the last two years, we have seen Carson massively regress. Uh, the offense, the last two years has looked incredibly stale. I mean, I said multiple times on this podcast, how I thought grow had to go somehow the offense got even worse after four. So that's amazing. And I know press Taylor was whatever he is passing coordinator. The only thing, the the only reports that are out there are that press Taylor and Carson are buddies. And if he's truly going to be offensive coordinator, the only way to interpret that is it's a move to appease Carson and try to get him to come back. I mean, I don't see how it makes sense. Otherwise either that, or it's a power play by Doug wanting to keep his staff and going to bat for him, not wanting his assistants fired two years in a row, but it, 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 it's the exact opposite of what we should be doing, which is bringing in a real offensive coordinator, bringing in a real QB coach and getting this offense back on track. Yeah, I mean, I, I if uh, whoever's doing the Bills QB coach would love that guy. I mean, they've really done wonders for Josh Allen. Love to see a guy like that come in and and be the OC. And you're right, maybe if if uh, Press Taylor is truly Doug's guy, and I do like the idea of Doug being able to pick his own coaches. If Press Taylor really is his guy, I guess. But even that, uh, Justin, is there any world where you could imagine yourself supporting Press Taylor as offensive coordinator? I, I just uh, I really don't understand this move because out of anybody on this coaching staff that we thought was going to be gone, it was press and yeah. and you kind of have last year to go by as well where it seemed like the coaching staff or at least I should say Doug really liked Grow thought he was even going to come back and you know the next day you find out that no actually Grow's canned and it seemed like Laurie and Howie put a little bit of pressure on that and as Rob pointed out the offense has only gotten worse so. And if press Taylor was really calling plays at some points during the season, haven't you already seen a little enough in order to understand that, all right, he's not a good quarterback coach. You've taken a, a possible 2017 MVP and you've turned him into dog shit, quite frankly. And now you have Hertz who's playing okay, but he's had the opportunity to call a few plays this season at, at the very least. And that hasn't worked out well. And if, if it is a case of, Hey, we need press. We think he should be an offensive coordinator this season. Why not at, you know, the half point way in the season when we knew everything was turning into crap, why not at least give him a chance to do it then instead of ruin all of next season. In my opinion, I don't get this. I don't understand it. It's just really frustrating. And it just points out that our front office is just as crappy as our coaching staff because (laughs) they're not making the right decisions now at this point either. Yeah, a perfect, perfect point and a perfect time to kind of transition to the draft talk. Uh, before we get to that, just a reminder we have our own feed. That's right, our own diehard Eagles podcast feed. You can get it at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Eagles. It'll take you right there, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Eagles. Or you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just type in diehard Eagles. 
Reminder also, we're brought to you by WinBet now, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNN. They're active in New Jersey. So if you're an Eagles fan in South Jersey, maybe even North Jersey, head uh, download the uh, Win app via our link and sign up for a risk free $500 bet uh, with your first bet slip. Send it in, podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We'll get you a free t shirt. Take care of you there. The draft. Now the Eagles have Sean, these. Sean, yes. I gotta, I gotta cut you off because we've skipped something that that was oh, a major right. development. Uh, I, I think we have to acknowledge Jim. Sh- Jim, Schwartz, your campaign, uh, your fire coming back, your fire. Jim um, campaign was successful, Robbie. It, it was, and look, uh, Jim Schwartz. I want to be clear; he was not a bad defensive coordinator. Yeah, but he had, like run, he had run his course here, and I do think his steam, his schemes at time were very stubborn. It was solely reliant on the defensive line getting pressure, and it left the secondary often out to dry. And especially with our secondary, which is our biggest liability, it just didn't work. And you know, he would have great games, and then we would have games that just didn't make sense, where a receiver would have 200 yards against us, and there'd be no adjustments. So, I, I, I wish him well. He's had a great career, but I do think it's for the best. And you know, I'm happy to see some, hopefully some more dynamic schemes come in next year with someone new. Yeah. What I'm worried about is, and, and it sounds like they may get a defensive coordinator in house. I'd love to see uh D'Amico Ryan's linebacker coach for the 49ers, maybe even Vic Fangio. If they, the Broncos end up firing him, but it sounds like he's going to stay. I, I think what's happening though, is that we have so much of the Schwartz personnel, uh, you know, specifically the the D line we've loaded up so much money wise and contract wise, it's going to be tough to bring in someone with fresh ideas because the, the personnel just kind of matches Jim Schwartz's scheme. Justin, we kind of saw this coming, but any thoughts on uh, Schwartz being relieved of his duties or not coming back? Any thoughts on who you'd like to see there? I, at this point though, I mean, the biggest thought, the biggest thing that uh, sticks out to me is that, you know, the front office and the decision-making that's taking place. I, I understand Schwartz kind of ran his course and I'm fine with him being gone at this point, but he's not the major issue here. Um, He's more of a sacrificial lamb in my opinion. I mean, the fact that, you know, press Taylor's still here, Doug's still here, I think is uh, a a bigger issue in my opinion. Um, Yeah. He was stubborn at times. He didn't run the best schemes at times. Um, and I'm fine with him leaving, but at the same time, you got to look at other issues and we got to address them. I think as soon as possible, they, they did take a few steps. It's worth noting, uh, to, to clear the offensive hierarchy a bit. They did get rid of skags and, and Marting way, uh, I guess reports are, I don't know if it's formal or gone. So Hopefully that does pave the way for that more linear <laughs> offensive yeah, coordinator hire. But I, I'm worried it's just clearing I'm the path for uh, Press Taylor. It may. Yeah, and I, and I do think those Skags and Morningweg were Howie or ownership forcing kind of Doug to bring in some uh, some guys on the offense, and it did seem like there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Hopefully they just bring in an outside offensive coordinator, clean things up. I I'd really be pissed if press Taylor ends up being the offensive coordinator. The Eagles do have the sixth pick. They earned it by losing to the Washington football team and keeping the giants out of the playoffs. First thoughts on the sixth pick. I know I'm sure we'll be doing a ton of stuff. Uh, combine time uh, draft time. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a special, a trade issue. If there is a big Wentz trade. Justin, any thoughts uh, initially on the Eagles and the sixth pick? A lot of people 
licking their chops at drafting Alabama receiver Devonte Smith, who just won the Heisman Trophy. Is he on your short list? W- where are you at so far? I know it's early, but do you have a lean? Yeah, I'd be fine with Smith. I'd be fine with Chase. Um, I know people probably aren't going to like this uh, because it brings another quarterback into <laughs> drafting another quarterback. But I, I really like Fields. I like his talent. I've said it weeks be- weeks ago, even before he had <laughs> these Rob's big games recently. Head. But um, I'm I'm fine with picking Fields at this point. I don't think Doug's going to be here after next season. I think you could get another coach in after this season and uh, get a guy to really develop him. And uh, I think he's a winner. So, and if you have an opportunity to draft a winner like that, especially a quarterback, when we know that you know Carson is no longer a winner in my opinion, Hurts, you know he he hasn't really flashed too much, hasn't played bad, but there's still question marks. So. I would be fine with bringing in fields, but if that were to happen, um, you definitely see some movement trade movement and Carson would definitely be gone before the draft. So I'm looking forward to see what happens before the draft in order to get a better idea of what we might be doing. But yeah, fields would be my guy, Rob initial thoughts on, uh, on the Eagles. I mean, my initial thought is there's no way they go QB. They're, they're going to ride one of these two QBs next year. I, I mean, I guess it's possible, but for them to go QB, that would essentially mean Howie would have to admit that he not only failed drafting a QB <laughs> in 2016, yep. but now he failed drafting one last year in the second round. And I just think that's unlikely. Just and to be clear, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they will no, draft the QB. That's who I would like them to draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. I hear what you're saying. I, I am not as sold on Justin Fields. I think he's a tremendous talent. He's had an unbelievable career. Maybe I'm still bitter because he spurned Penn State when he was originally a commit. Uh, but my concern is I don't think there's been a history of urban Meyer slash Ohio state, Ryan day lineage coaches or uh, QBs having success in the NFL. And it, it makes me worried that it's a very unique scheme uh, that doesn't always translate. Now it only takes one, maybe fields is an absolute stud. I don't know. But that does give me a little pause. I mean, the most recent, obviously, being Dwayne Haskins, he's been a total bust. Uh, so that does give me concern. If if I'm going into the draft, I think I'm looking at a couple positions that I would be fine with. And I don't have players set yet. Um, you know, we'll talk about that on a future episode. But I, I think we have to look at one wide receiver. Jamar Chase would be my choice there, even over Smith. I think he was so far and away the best wide receiver in football last year that that Chase would be my pick. Uh, two, I would not be opposed to Mika Parsons. Uh, you know, we've never had a stud linebacker. I know the Eagles don't value linebacker. Maybe this is the time with the new defensive coordinator coming in to take a shot. I mean, I, I'm a Penn State fan. I've watched him play. He is fantastic, and he could give that defense some swagger. So I'd be fine with wide receiver. Uh, linebacker, or I'd be fine if there is a top cornerback that justifies that pick. Uh, someone in the secondary there. It's obviously a need. If we had a guy that we could pair with Slay, that could be a game t- changer on defense too. So, in my mind, it has to be one of those three positions. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Devonta Smith looks flashy. So does Jamar Chase. I don't know, man. For whatever reason, I'm just not excited about a receiver. And maybe it's just because I'm so out on what we've done at receiver early in the first round. Like, come on, let's figure out how to get Rager going first, or some of these other guys we've drafted or the talent we've brought in. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just skeptical. I do like your angle, right, uh, Robbie? Of 
doing something on the defensive end. JC Horn, uh cornerback, South Carolina. He's kind of been tagged as the number one cornerback overall. Again, still super early, but I, I like I like the idea of Amika Parsons as well. Although did he he did opt out this past season, right? Robbie? Yeah, he did. So he did not play. But I mean everything we've seen in prior seasons from him is he, he, he just has the pedigree pedigree to be awesome. So unless he just sat on the couch all year and didn't work out, which I'm assuming is not the case, I, I think he's going to be a really great player. Yeah. That's a little uh, interesting. And then to me now, maybe this is just cause we had uh, Joe Theismann on uh, SGP yesterday and he was hyping up Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson at a BYU, I think could be available at the six pick uh, and man, I know, I know, you know, Justin nailed it. They're not going to draft a quarterback because it would admit or basically force Howie to admit that he's horrific. Uh, but uh, Zach Wilson is pretty exciting and pretty fun to watch. And Joe Theismann was making a case that he's better to throw in the ball than Justin Fields and as good as Trevor Lawrence. So if you could get that guy at the sixth pick, I don't know. That's, that's at least interesting to me. I could kind of talk myself into, uh, into a Zach Wilson pick there. So Sean, I think that that's starting to gain some steam because uh, I've yeah. seen a couple of mocks now. I think including McShay's mock uh, that has Wilson going before Fields, and I think Fields was a- actually in his mock had fallen past the top ten. Oh, okay. Um, so it does it does seem like Zach Wilson is gaining some steam. Obviously, there's a lot of time till the draft, but that is out there. So it does it does seem like some people are starting to pick that up. Yeah, and then once Steisman comes on the podcast, gives him a stamp of approval. That's just rocking uh, draft boards <laughs> left and right. All right, the 2021 uh, maybe just reason to be down, reason to be optimistic. The the reasons to be pessimistic, pretty obvious, is just our uh, our roster in general, the whole dynamic at quarterback and uh, and Doug. To be optimistic is I, I I do think I think the reason to be most optimistic is we're still in a very winnable division. I mean, you look at the t- the teams we're going up against next year; they still all have major issues, major questions at the quarterback position. Even the even a lot of them I think have issues at the at the head coach as well. Not amazing GM work in the division. So I think the division, regardless of what happens in the off season, will still be in the mix. So that's kind of why I'm optimistic. Sean. Um- Yes, Justin. To cut you off, I apologize, but Rob Rob actually called me uh, once the press Taylor news hit, and we had a conversation. And actually, we just discussed this briefly. But that's actually uh, one of the reasons why I may be pessimistic is the fact that there is this year, next year or season next year that the window is open for us to take advantage of yeah. this division. And uh, it, unfortunately, we're stuck with Doug another year and his incompetence. And it's just a shame that you know we might be blowing another season with him, and we can't move forward once again. Yeah, I mean that's you. You certainly nailed it there. Uh, any any optimism, Justin? Not at this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Robbie, Man. pessimistic, optimistic. You know, it's really hard to be optimistic going into next year. I, I kind of think they need to just look at the the next season as is sometimes you just got to take your licks. And I, I think this is the season where they're just going to have to make some hard cap decisions. They're going to have to cut guys. They're going to have to clean up the cap and then they're going to have to start building for the future. And I think that's going to take a year next year that we're not going to be great, quite honestly. And hopefully it positions us to then rebuild. I mean, the 
The positive thing is I think in the NFL, you can rebuild and turn around a team relatively quick with some good picks and, and some smart cap management. I just don't know if we're in the position to be there next year. I mean, as you look at the roster, how many positions do you really feel about going into next year? Maybe tight end uh, with Goddard. Uh, Ertz is probably gone. Uh, there, there. You, you can't really sit and say there's one position that we're absolutely fine at. Every unit needs upgrades. Well, yeah, that's certainly a reason to be pretty uh, pessimistic. But I know once uh, once we get our draft <laughs> picks, I'll be I'll be back in talking myself into whatever they do in the first couple rounds. This is uh, how he getting it right. Maybe a big trade. I, I would. I, I think I would get excited if they trade Wentz, just because it would. I don't know. It, it would feel different and and kind of exciting if they bring him back. I don't know, man. It's going to be a long year. All right, Eagles are out of it. Who is your team to win the Super Bowl? I gave out the Bills preseason on the podcast uh, SGP. I'm going to stick with the Bills, and uh, we'll see. Come Saturday, not a not a completely easy matchup. I think they win and cover, but. Justin, who do you have winning it all? Um, I'm gonna go. I would have said the Bills, but actually, I'm gonna change it up, and I'll go. I'll say Titans. Oh, like wow. a long okay. shot. Why not? Why not? I think they're like uh, thirty to one over on win bet. Yeah. So, Justin, get that fly back to Jersey and uh, get that bet in. <laughs> Five hundred dollar risk free bet could could uh, net you what fifteen grand. Rob, who oh, do you man. like to uh, who do you like to win the Super Bowl? I think the bills are going to be really tough, but I'm going to say green Bay. Actually, I think Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind uh, and you, you, it, it's tough to, uh, you know, beat a QB at the top of his game. Like he's played this year. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Josh Allen has had a hell of a year. I, I do think it, it's possible. The chiefs get knocked off this year, but obviously you can never count out Mahomes. So I, I'm saying the uh, uh, green Bay, but it's going to be an interesting postseason. Uh, agreed. And uh, yeah, Eagles are out, but doesn't mean you can't watch the games, get some action again, sports gambling podcast.com slash win. And again, subscribe to our uh, diehard Eagles feed. We'll be, uh, we'll be doing some stuff with the combine, the draft schedule release, and then training camp right around the corner. Plenty of reasons to stay tuned for the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green for Rob for Justin go birds, go birds. 